Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, sharing my adventures in homeschooling from behind the wheel of my RV, currently in America's backyard. And I'm Holly Giles from the Giles Frontier, sharing my experiences in parenting right here on my back porch in Central Florida. Join us as we share our Christian perspective on parenting and home education. So find yourself a quiet, cozy spot, and let's share a little time together. (laughs) Welcome to episode 181 of Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Special thanks to the sponsor of today's podcast, The Well-Planned Gal, Rebecca Ferris. She has various planners for every homeschool need, and the prayer journal is brand new. You know, these two road school moms can always use a little more organization, so I can't wait to tell you more about this. A planner is not a planner unless it is a well-planned day planner. The well-planned gal, Rebecca Ferris, is a homeschool mom who has a gift, and she shares her talents with us in her planner series. A few of the amazing planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, and even the high school four-year planner. The newest product is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first, journaling 101, as well as scripture verses permeates this beautiful book. Take it everywhere and you will have all the information you need right at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal truly is life-changing. Visit thewellplannedgal.com for more details. Yikes, Holly, did you hear that thunder? Yes, I did. Oh my gosh. So I'm in my RV here in the far western part of Missouri, the Show Me State. And we've had some super windy storms here, complete with hail over the past couple of days. I mean, we've had like a lot of hail. It's kind of scared me off to death. But it's really got me thinking about being prepared for severe weather. So how's the weather there in Central Florida where you're at? Are you watching it rain from your back porch? Well, fortunately, it's not raining right now, but as you know, in Central Florida, summer is afternoon thunderstorms, and we also just entered hurricane season, which it seems like we just got out of hurricane season, but we're back in it again. So weather is always an issue here in the Sunshine State. (laughs) I love the Sunshine State. But I love this topic because I think it doesn't matter where you live or what you live in, being prepared for all kinds of things, but really weather, I think, is the major thing to be prepared for, don't you? Yes. Well, you know, here at Road School Moms, we say don't be scared, be prepared. So this week, our team is going to talk about tips for severe weather, no matter where in the world you are. And, you know, I already know you know this, Holly. You know, I'll admit it. I'm a weather bug. You already know me about this, about me. Yes. Um, I'm a complete weather watcher. And really, I can probably pull up a weather radar faster than you could call 911. I like to know where the weather's coming from and what it's going to do. And honestly, I like to watch it hourly. Is that crazy? A little bit. Have you always been that way? Yes. And I don't know why, but I've always been that way. I, I, it's not like I've ever really been through a horrible, traumatic experience. I mean, I've been through a couple of tornadoes, but nothing like, you know, life-threatening to me. So... Maybe you should have been a meteorologist. Maybe I should. It's not too late. Maybe that's my next chapter. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. So you, you start us off. I'm going to let you lead this and I'll just kind of jump in because I think whatever you have to talk about fits us all, but being on the road has a little bit more of uniqueness because you can't store a bunch of stuff, right? You really kind of have to have a plan. Don't you? Yes, and um, that's why I put together the 20 tips for severe weather in your RV, and that's going to be a printable that you can actually print out and stick in your family binder if you have one, if you want to put it in a page protector, put it on the side of your refrigerator or whatever, something like that, um, that just kind of talks about different things that you might not think about if you're in an RV when it comes to the weather, or like we said, no matter where in the world you are. 
Yeah. So it's a little trickier when you're traveling. It's one thing that I was super aware of when we launched back six years ago. Again, I'm weather aware. So it was really a thing for me. But when you're traveling in a different area or region of the country than where you may have grown up or spent many seasons in, you really don't know the weather weather patterns and the issues that can arise literally overnight or even in a shorter period of time. So when I was putting together this 20 tips for severe weather in your RV, I broke it down into two segments that we're going to talk about. Um, So first, we're going to talk about what to do before you get on the road. And if you want to equate this to maybe a certain situation, if you're not living in an RV, then these are just simply things that you should think about, you know, today, not tomorrow. Think about these today. So let's talk about the first thing. And that is downloading a good weather app that is user friendly for you. Now, how this can differentiate maybe a little bit if you um, are in an RV versus whether you're stationary in a house or an an apartment or something like that um, is because you really need one that not only takes into consideration your current location, but you can put multiple locations in. You know, if you start in Florida today and, you know, this morning and you're going to end up in Tennessee this evening, then you need to be looking at two different locations. So you need to have an, an app that can, you know, accommodate that. Um, And, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but you need to make sure that you keep your app updated and it needs to be one that automatically updates with your current location, which that has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of apps already do that, but you just need to be aware because there are some that don't. And I, my favorite is um, AccuWeather. That's one I use. And then my other favorite is, oh my goodness, I just lost it. I can't think of it. It's called Weather by the weather bug, I think. And I'll just tell you that the reason that I liked it in the beginning was because it has this cute little icon, but really it's a good app. Weather by the weather bug. (laughs) I have the weather channel on my phone is what I use. Yep. Yep. The weather channel is good. The national weather service, there's really plenty to choose from out there. Just be sure, like I said, that you find a feature that you can add other locations to view at the same time and, um, you know, just keep it updated. Right. Yeah. So the second thing, um, and this is going to sound probably crazy to the people that love to have everything on their phone or their computer, but before you leave out on a road trip or if you're full-time in an RV, you need to have adequate roadmaps. And this really is one of my biggest public service announcements (laughs) as a road school mom. I love Google. It's awesome. GPS is wonderful. It's, you know, the 21st century awesome sauce. And yes, I use Trucker's Path and some of those other nifty apps to check the bridge clearances and make sure that my, you know, my journey is on a safe, you know, road or and all that. But none of those mean a gosh darn thing if you have no access to the internet. So you need to be sure that you have roadmaps on board with you in your vehicle, in your RV, both a USA road atlas as well as state maps. So you're, if you're in Tennessee, stop at one of those truck stops, stop at a gas station somewhere at a Cracker Barrel and get one of those little state maps for that state that has like the county roads on it. And that way, if a weather situation arises, you can find an alternate route in inclement weather to get you around that if you don't have access to your GPS or your phone. I second that. Now, I do not travel in an RV, but I tell you, there's still a lot of back roads here in Florida, and your GPS does not know them, and we have ended up in the wrong place many a time, and I can imagine that could be difficult if you're traveling, you know, bringing your home with you, and you get stuck down some road, and you can't back up, and I don't know. You know, it's very difficult to find roadmaps, but I love a map. I love a map. And it's it's been difficult for us to find maps. You know, they don't even carry them in um, convenience stores anymore. Now, would that be different in like the big truck stops? They're going to have those types of things there. You should be able to get several of the states surrounding the state you're in at a truck stop, most definitely. Okay. That would be my source of for maps whether you're in an rv or a car um stop at the truck stop because it was a couple years ago grayson and i were on a trip by ourselves and (laughs) we we needed a map because we really were kind of in backwoods florida my phone did not have service and i was looking for some alternate routes to get home and we stopped at five places and could not get a map it came became a joke but it wasn't really funny so i am a definite Definite proponent of maps. 
it's one of those things that we take for granted. And I think that everybody, you know, they think, oh, well, we don't need that because we've got the phone, we have the GPS and we have all these backup systems, but really your backup needs to be a real live physical map. Yes. You know, I can remember even up until, you know, my twenties, my grandparents loved to just ride the roads and they literally had briefcases of maps. Mm -hmm. They had state maps, they had county maps, they had Mm -hmm. city maps. Um, They spent their last years in Alabama. There's a lot of little roads. And so Mm -hmm. they would have specific maps for those little roads. And I used to think, wow, that's a little over the top. But I mean, they had a system and they knew where each map was and they used them all the time. Of course, that was awesome. You know, know. just a little uh, side note for this. It's a great tool. Really, you have those maps. You need to use them in your road school because yes, that's something that, you know, the younger generations, you know, they don't always know how to do that. If you haven't sat down with them and showed them about map legends and the key, you know, the key to the map and, you know, how to estimate distance and just in general map reading skills. That's a, you know, you could spend a couple of weeks on that. Yes, that's high on my list. And I share that with parents because, there's always going to be a time where you need to understand how to read a map. So that's a very important skill. No matter what technology is doing, you need to learn how to read a map. Absolutely. So number three on our list uh, before you get on the road is to always travel with a a weather radio. And that may sound over the top to you, but um, it really is another one of my number one tips you need a weather radio that has the seven NOAA weather channels. Now, NOAA stands for National Oceanic and Atmospheric. And those are the, st- the scientists that study the skies and the oceans. So keep the batteries charged in that NOAA radio. And, you know, whether you're on the open road or you're stationary, you need to keep it plugged in at all times and set to your local weather station. And that's something you really, this was something I learned within the first few weeks because I I just plugged it in and I thought, oh, well, this is going to, you know, take care of the weather. Well, if you don't have it programmed right, it'll stay, you know, wherever you were two weeks ago when you plugged it in the first time, you have to set it so that it either scans or, you know, there's all kinds of nifty settings on the weather radio. And you can find one that has way more bells and whistles than you need. I'll actually put a link in our show notes to the one that I use Um, It's really simple and it scans, you know, wherever we're at and it beeps if, if, you know, if there's some kind of inclement weather on the way. Even if you're home from the back porch, you need a weather radio no matter where you live because things can pop up. We have a weather radio. Sometimes it can be annoying, but buddy, when you need it, you need it. That's right. So number four is kind of classic. It doesn't really take a lot of thought process, but just a reminder to bring your laptop or your tablet and don't forget the cords. And don't forget, even though you might have an established connection in your RV, if you travel and you have a hotspot that's in your RV and it's already there, you still need to plan for a situation that may require you to connect to an alternate internet access because remember, severe weather can cause outages and things to happen that you don't anticipate. So you may for some reason have to go to the campground or a truck stop or find a hotspot or whatever. So make sure you have the cords and whatever you need for at least one device in your rig or in your vehicle at all times to be able to access that information. Great advice. And even that at home, you know, we have those devices that are run by battery that you can charge devices from. You don't need to be uh, charging up your fan, <laughs> blow it on you when you're out. At, you know, you need to be able to have access to emergency or to contact relatives if necessary. So, yep, absolutely. Okay, so the next thing in our list is to plan on traveling with campground directories. And I know this is hard because when when you start traveling, you pick up all these things, and eventually, and this can happen if you're at home or in a car, you pick up all that stuff and think, oh my goodness, why am I keeping this? Oh, they probably have a new one out. I should just throw this one away and, you know, find a new one. But those campground directories, and I'm talking about KOAs, Thousand Trails, Encore Parks, Jellystones. Um, my, my favorite campground directory is called Big Rigs, the Big Rigs Campground Directory. I bought that somewhere at a truck stop. And I keep those all in a handy spot, not too far from the passenger seat. Um, It's not something that I obviously am going to look at while I'm driving. So if we have something arise and I need to find a campground spot really quickly, I want that to be wherever who's riding as my co-pilot can grab a hold of those um, and find 
a campground spot really quick. And, you know, yes, it's easier to find it on the internet. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about what if the internet's out or what if, you know, God forbid, well, I'll give you an example. We were traveling um, through New Mexico, did not have a reservation in New Mexico. We were not staying overnight in New Mexico. We we're just traveling down the I-10 and these high winds came up. They were totally scared, scared me half to death. I thought like we were looking for Dorothy or something in Toto. <laughs> and we were like, we knew we needed to pull off like right then. And you could tell there was everyone else, you know, everybody and their brother was also pulling off. So campgrounds were filling up. And there wasn't time to like stop and get your internet out and then do all that. We just need to find a campground spot like right then. And so I grabbed my big rigs directory and we found a place within just a few exits and boom, there we were. So campground directory, very important to keep on board. I never thought about that. There's so many things you would, that would be really important to have on hand, no matter what you're doing or where you're traveling in your RV. And it wouldn't matter weather either. That could really come into play in a lot of different situations. Yes. You know, the one thing that I've learned is there are so many things that can arise when you're in an RV that you, it's not that you don't know how to handle it, but sometimes you have to handle it quickly and you don't have a lot of time to think. And when you're driving an RV, whether you're in a motorhome or a truck and a travel trailer or a fifth wheel or whatever, you're long and you're big. And so you don't have the access to just pull off really, you know, you just, you have to kind of, well, our title to the show says it all, be, you know, be prepared. Don't be scared. Be prepared. And that's why. So our next tip, again, probably sounds like, really, did you need to remind us of this? But yes, always travel with an adequate supply of prescription medications. Don't let yourself get down to only one or two days worth because if you have bad weather and you get stuck in a location or there's mass power outages somewhere, and you can't get to the local CVS or wherever you need to refill your prescription, you don't want that to happen. This is true. And you also could be in a remote location, not on purpose, right? Right. Where you could be in that situation. Right. Especially, you know, if you go traveling out West and you've not been there before, you kind of need to have your act together because you can find yourself very quickly somewhere that doesn't have diesel for 300 miles or somewhere that doesn't have a CVS or a Walmart for four hours or whatever. Well, I know we're going to get to, that just reminded me of us. Uh, we took a big trip out West with my in-laws. We, we basically covered the state of Colorado and more. And we accident, well, we didn't accidentally, we went to see the sand dunes. It wasn't our plan, but let me tell you, there's nothing there. And we, for hours, and if we didn't have food, like if we didn't have stuff with us, we, well, mm -hmm. we would have starved to death actually with... <laughs> But that's one of those things, even if you're in a car and you're going someplace that you're not familiar with, that's just really important. All those different yep. things. Absolutely. So the next thing, and this came, I had this when I lived in a sticks and bricks, when we lived in a house, I had an emergency kit in my basement and it was way more lengthy, obviously, than I have in my RV now, but you really need to put together a crate of emergency supplies, flashlights, batteries, some basic tools, some protective weather gear, like let's say you have to get out of the RV or your car or whatever, and you have to walk in the rain or you have to, if it's a cold climate and you're in a blizzard, you know, so you know, have weather gear appropriate for your area, for areas that you may travel in. And again, we're talking about snow, wind, ice, things like that. Now, this container should be easy to get to. You don't want to put this you know, if you're in a motorhome, don't put this in the back in the very middle of your RV that it's going to take, you know, two hours to unload things to get to it. It needs to be somewhere easily um, accessed. And here's the most important part. This kit should not include anything at all that you use on a daily basis. And what I mean by that is if you already have a flashlight that you use, you know, to go check the black tank at night or whatever, um, or to you know, find your way to the shower house and all that kind of thing. That's awesome. I'm talking about a flashlight that is designated only for your emergency kit. And the reason for that is because it is so easy to borrow something out of your emergency kit, right? And then what happens to it? Oh, somebody forgets to return it. And then when you really need it, it's not where it needs to be. So put together an emergency kit. Everything that goes in it stays in it and is never touched unless you need it in case of an emergency. I'm going to say so far, that's my favorite rule because I don't follow it and I need to, you know, mm -hmm. here we have stuff come up all the time 
and you've been to my house. We don't live in the woods, but we kind of do. So we're all, we've always got the flashlight. We've always got whatever. And then hurricane season comes and I, I can't find anything. Mm -hmm. And I really need to make a designated box. Like you're saying, I think that's super important because then you're, you could be scrambling in a really important time Mm -hmm. of that. So far, that's my favorite. Okay, so my next tip is a final inspection of your RV and your tow, tow vehicle. And for me, that's non-negotiable. And I know sometimes you're in a hurry and you think, oh, well, we're just, we had to get out of this campground and we'll stop at the truck stop on down the road or we'll stop at a rest area. But this really is non-negotiable. Specifically, you've got to be sure that you've got correct air pressure in your tires, whether you're talking about your trailer tires, your RV tires, or even your vehicles. That's something that really, I mean, in the transportation business, we call it a pre-trip. And so I guess that my dad's kind of, uh, you know, it's ingrained in my brain to do pre-trips for things like that. And it carries over into my RV lifestyle because I don't go anywhere to what I don't walk around that vehicle. And it's even carried over into my vehicle. Um, you know, if I pull up to your house, I mean, you maybe never noticed this, but I usually walk around my vehicle before I get in it and take off because, you know, that's just how you see things. Good tip. Very good tip. So the next thing is to talk with your passengers, especially your kiddos, about the two ways out of the RV in case of an emergency. Different disasters such as weather and fire should be discussed so that everyone traveling in your rig, and again, this can go, you know, this can be if you're just traveling in a vehicle or a bus or a car or whatever, but everyone traveling in your RV should know exactly what his or her job is in case of an emergency. And it's a great time also to talk about, you know, how and when it's appropriate to call 911 and who should do that. You know, in times that it's scary, you know, when something happens, whether it's weather or fire, you know, there's, there's chaos and there's things going on and younger kids are probably going to be crying and people that stress out easier are probably going to be yelling. And, you know, it's, it's a stressful time. That's not the time to try to, you know, figure all these things out. If you planned it ahead of time and you've talked about it ahead of time, then at least that gives everyone, you know, an opportunity to, to remember, you know, what you've talked about and the appropriate way to handle their, that situation. Well, that is a super good tip. I hadn't thought about that either. So, uh, Generally, there should be two ways to get out of an RV or a fifth wheel, something like that. Is that generally the rule? There is. And, you know, um, so this really, it makes me think about a fire first, but it's not just a fire. You know, it's, it's anything. We're going to talk about this in a minute. You know, you can be trapped in your RV in certain situations. And so what you need to talk with your kiddos about, obviously, everyone knows the door that you go in and out of your RV. But most RVs, I'm sure all of them, they, there's an emergency exit with a window and it's probably in a back bedroom or, you know, it might be in the side window or whatever. And there's a way for it to, you know, it may not even be a window that opens all the time. And in fact, it's probably not a window that is open, you know, any other way all the time. And so there should be a lever or a certain way that that window goes out. And, you know, you need to talk about that with your kids, specifically younger kids, because it can be a scary situation. They don't want to go through a window that's not very big or, you know, they don't understand what's happening. And so the last thing you want to be doing if your RV is on fire, for goodness sakes, or there's a situation is to be, you know, trying to talk someone through the fact that it's okay to go through this window and that, yes, it's a few feet to the ground or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I'll mention, and one of them is... um, especially if you're in a longer rig, you know, if mom and dad are at the back of the the RV and the kids are sleeping at the front, it needs to be discussed with your kiddos. Listen, if the RV is on fire, don't run back to mom and dad's room. You go out the door, you know, you get out, you scream and, you know, holler at mom or, or do whatever, but you know, you need to get out of the RV. Don't run back through the RV. Um, that was a tip that was shared with us by Mac, the fire guy a couple of years ago at our back to school, or not back to school, uh, road school convention out in Arizona. Um, and it really made so much sense to me and I hadn't really thought about it. It's the same, you know, it's the same idea. If you're in a house, you don't want your kids to go screaming up the stairs. They need to get out of the house. And it's the same, you know, in an RV. Um, and that's the, also another good time to talk with them about picking up something and throwing it through a window or, you know, here's a, here's a window that you could, you know, that you could get out in a, in a different situation. Um, you know, and some, you know, some travel trailers and fifth wheels 
you know, they're lucky enough they have like a back door and a front door and that's awesome. But motorhome specifically, you know, they don't have that. There's usually only one door. All right. Good stuff. This is good stuff. Okay. You've got one more tip for us before we take a little short break. Yeah. So that is just to be sure to put back enough sufficient cash to cover basic expenses, including, you know, a day's worth of fuel, food, and accommodations probably food and accommodations for several days. And yes, I know there's an ATM on every corner, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, okay, what if ATMs aren't working because of a mass power outage and there's like a big weather emergency and you are not going to be able to get to an ATM for a few days. You need to have enough cash on board to cover your basic expenses. Good advice. Good advice in any situation, whether you live, you know, in a stationary home or not. Having cash is always a good thing. You know, I meet so many people who never have cash, mm-hmm. never. And I was raised, you know, my grandfather always said, you got to keep a 20 tucked in your wallet. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. I mean, you need more than $20 in an emergency, but I'm just saying that was instilled in me that you've, you've always got to have cash. There could be an emergency. Of course, with inflation, that should probably be like a 50 or a hundred now, but <laughs> you know, right? I, I was just going to say that exact thing. Yeah, but, that's but that's what he instilled, you know. If something comes up, you need cash and you always need to have it. You don't spend it. It's always got to be there. So I don't know if you've had this happen, but I've, I was in a t- truck stop a couple of years ago and they had a problem with their credit card machine and I couldn't use my, I have a fleet fuel card, another little perk from being in the transportation industry, but I have a fleet fuel card and they're like, Oh, sorry, our credit card machine's down. And I'm thinking, Oh gosh, you know, I mean, trying to f- put a half, even half the tank was, you know, a hundred and some dollars in cash. So it was, you know, it's important to have ready cash available. Definitely. So. Okay. Well, that's a good place to take a break. Woof. I need a big glass of iced tea before we go talk about the rest of the be prepared and don't be so scared uh, scenario here. Welcome back, Road School Moms. Let's talk about the ways you can be prepared for severe weather while you're on the road. And again, you don't have to live in an RV to take advantage of these weather tips. Road trips, weekend travels, even just trips across town can take an unexpected twist if you have a weather issue. So next on our list is an easy one. Keep a mobile device charged at all times. I know that sounds simple, but how many times do you think, oh, Oh gosh, my phone's on 11%. Oh, I'll charge it when we get stopped or whatever. Keep a device, not all devices, keep a device charged in your rig or your car or your house at all times. And might I add, we always suggest turning them off and unless you need it during a weather emergency. So if you're having a weather emergency, turn off at least one of the devices that's charged to save that battery because sometimes if cell service goes down and your phone starts searching, then you're going to wear down that battery twice as fast. So we always try to keep the phones off, keep one, but, you know, try to keep them off to reserve that battery when you're in a situation. That's such a good tip. And really, you can really use that to your advantage. So if you have all your devices charged, right, and there's, let's say there's four of you with a phone, then keep one on it. The other three are off. You could really lengthen your battery time if you did have a big outage. Yes. You could be connected for a pretty long time with several phones. So that's a great tip. Um, The next one is also another pretty easy tip. If you have satellite radio, check the weather conditions frequently from the appropriate weather or news stations, you know, keep checking it, assign somebody to that job. And maybe you have a child that enjoys weather and that could be their job, you know, depending on their age, keeping up with what's going on. If it's not going to scare them or make them nervous, but sometimes that's helpful too, to give one of your children a job, but that's, you know, they're in charge of that and keeping up well, with it does what's going on. It does, and it helps them be a little bit less stressed because maybe they understand more and they know, you know, like in this situation, they can, they understand what's coming and the things that they can do to help, you know, it gives them a job. So that's absolutely a great tip also. So here's an important one. If you are traveling or staying in an RV, RV resort or campground located near the coast, be aware of tropical storms and hurricane force winds. Usually 
there's ample time to prepare for this type of weather situation. So be sure that you take those advisories seriously. And I can't tell you how many times, um, you know, in our RV lifestyle anyway, where it's always a debate on whether, well, should we leave the rig? Should we not leave the rig? Should we go ahead and get north and leave the rig behind? You know, that those kinds of discussions need to be had well into the beginning part of those weather advisories. Don't wait until it's time to actually take action to be having those conversations with the decision makers in your household. You know, remember hurricane force winds will cause flash flooding, high winds, widespread utility outages, and all those things that may extend hundreds and hundreds of miles inland. And if you've not been through this before, if you're not from the state of Florida or Texas or California or, you know, where they have hurricanes or typhoons and things like that happen frequently, then you need to be prepared for these kinds of things. It's not just something that happens along the coastline. Yes, that is so true. High winds are not a joke. Uh, Even if it's a tropical storm that's just a deluge of constant rain can change the streets in a matter of hours and you wouldn't be able to leave. So coming as a, you know, a native Floridian, I have seen inland places flood where you couldn't get out. So it's definite. Definitely, you want to pay attention to the weather if you are on those coastal areas. Uh, Definitely, like you said, have your plan. If you're going to leave your rig, take your rig, whatever you're going to do, don't wait till the last minute. And just um, water is serious business in whatever form. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whether it's coming down or rising up in the roads, it's serious. Yep, absolutely. Yes, so speaking of water, do not set your RV up next to a creek, a river, or a waterway that is subject to flash flooding. Now, these are probably going to be in boondocking locations. Um, But again, just be very cognizant of those creeks and rivers or where the water could rise rapidly and you not realize it. Heavy rain can cause raging floodwaters in a really short amount of time. So steer clear of sites in a canyon or near any mountain slopes, because this can be a really, really serious issue in many parts of the country. And if you're out in the desert and you're boondocking out in that sort of an area, flash floods can come through those washes through like the places in the ground. And that's something that you don't even think about when you know, you're parking your rig, you need to even watch those areas because they don't even have water in them. But like in Arizona, we were in a monsoon out there. It was, I'd never even, I mean, I'd heard the word monsoon, but I really, I don't think I ever even knew where that could take place. And we drove through a monsoon in Arizona and there were places where those washes through the ground out there, you know, the flash flood comes through there and it was, it was serious. I mean, it could move complete vehicles across the road or over us, you know, a slope or, or anything like that. So very, very important to watch those situations in certain areas of the country. Wow. Okay. I'm going to ask you something here real quick. We're not going to go into detail because we'll probably cover this in another session, but for those of us who our homes are stationary, what does boondocking mean? Oh, boondocking means uh, like you can boondock at Walmart, you know, you pull into their parking lot and you're not plugged in. Boondocking means basically that you're not plugged into any resources. You're not plugged into power. You're not plugged into direct water. You're not plugged into direct sewer. You're boondocking. You're stationary. And actually, this is kind of a funny fact, but, you know, recreational vehicles, RVs, travel trailers, motorhomes and all those, those are all designed to actually boondock. They're really not designed for you to go plug in to all the FHU, which stands for full hookups. They're really designed to be able to be self-sufficient and to go out camping and, you know, camp in the middle of the desert or go to the Grand Canyon or, you know, go out to grandma's farm or wherever and be self-sufficient for so many days. How long can you last on, you know, your full tank if your tanks are completely full of water fuel propane diesel whatever you know your outfit runs on how long can you last and boondock at that location okay so next on our list is to be weather aware if you sense a change in the current weather conditions do not hesitate to pull over to so a safe location and check the surrounding weather you know a lot of times it's just that instinct And, you know, you can also use a mobile device and find the local radar to determine if you should stay in your RV or move to a safer location. But what we're really talking about here is, you know what I'm talking about, Helen. You can tell, you know, you can tell when the weather's 
challenges, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you just pay attention to yourself, you can also pay attention to uh, birds and animals wherever you are. Uh, if you were taught that growing up, which I was, you can totally get a feel for a quick change in weather. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good time to talk with your kiddos about barometric pressure, right? <laughs> school lesson on the road. So but when you when your knee starts hurting really bad, you know, something's coming. <laughs> Okay, so if you're stationary, be sure that all your awnings are retracted in case of approaching bad weather conditions. And I know some of you have those really fancy automatic awnings. I have one on my Numar, and I love it. It senses weather temperature change or weather wind or whatever. Oh, no, it automatically retracts if it's wind or rain. And it's great. I love it. It's a great product. Um, But, you know, sometimes they don't work. Sometimes, uh, you know, the weather may come on too quickly and it doesn't take just a little bit of gust of wind and it'll rip that thing right off the side of your RV, which number one, causes damage to your rig. And number two, can be a humongous safety hazard for wherever that thing lands. So um, if you're going to be away from your RV for any length of time, just put your awnings in. Good tip. Next on the list, if you are in an area or you will be that is predicting severe weather, it is a really good idea to make sure your RV and your tow vehicle is full of fuel, propane, and fresh water. Those are the three things that are, you know, deal breakers. Make sure you're full of all those things. And I guess that would be true, right, if you're at home? Yes, And it's different for different people. So it's very important to have water, obviously. And that's always the first to go, of course, in any grocery store is water. But there's a lot of us where I live, we are on well and septic. So if we lose power, we cannot run water. So Mm -hmm. for us, we have to have extra water to flush toilets, uh, anything like that. Because generally, if you're on a public utility, you'll have water if the power goes out. But, you know, this past year, we were without power for 10 days. So we needed water to flush the toilet. So Mm -hmm. water is definitely important. Well, that carries over for me again, because I'm a crazy weather person. You know, when it, my kids will tell you back when it, you know, if we were in the house and it was tornado weather or whatever, of course, we were from the Midwest, so we didn't deal with hurricanes. But if there was bad weather coming, I made everyone take a shower. Everyone had on, you know, clean pajamas, clean underwear, and your shoes were by the door and your little flashlight on the table. And I filled the bathtubs up with water. I mean, I had a system. My kids knew if, I mean, it was, I'm pretty cyclical like that. So we're the same way. It's like, all right, everybody. And I think I was talking to you when we had that bad hurricane coming through here. I was talking to you when everybody's lining up. It's time. Everybody's getting a shower. Everybody's putting their clothes on, getting their shoes on and getting everything going because you don't know when you're going to have another one (laughs) and you don't want to be cooped up and somebody's stinking. (laughs) That's exactly the, that is just exactly the facts. So next up on our list of severe weather tips is to analyze at least two ways out of your RV site should down trees or electrical lines become an issue. Now, a few minutes ago, we talked about two ways out of your RV. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about two ways out of your RV site. And really the best time to do this is when you're setting up a new site. And so that's probably the person that parks your rig or does the setup is for that person. In my case, it's me to make a mental note you know, just to myself, it's not like you have to call everyone together and make this big scene of, oh, what if the power lines go down? I'm just, you know, make a mental note to discuss the evacuation plan with everybody in your rig, you know, like point them in the general direction of the shelter or whatever. But for yourself, you need to think about, hmm, there's, you know, big trees here at the back of my site. If something were to happen, which, how would I get out of here? And you always need to have, you know, a backup plan. You're a serious one, aren't you? I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah, I'm I'm crazy a little bit when it comes to this. I mean, when I say don't be scared. I mean, really, that's a good thought. You know, is it, what am I trying to say? Is it one way, you know, a cul-de-sac type area where you're going down? Are there two ways to get out? Can you go to the left? Can you go to the right? I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm -hmm. Great tip. Well, if you like that tip, you're going to really like the next one because this is something that is completely 
terrifying and scary if it would ever happen to you. And so that's why we're going to talk about it. If you're on the road and it becomes necessary to pull over for an emergency, and Holly, this even applies to you if you're in your car or you're in a bus or whatever. If you're on the road and it becomes necessary to pull over for an emergency, do not park next to a guardrail or another obstruction. Because if you do, then that's going to prevent you from exiting from your RV with your door. And Okay, can you uh, repeat that again? You cut out just a tad bit, but I just want to make sure that everybody hears those key words. So what I said was, what I said was just to make sure that you do not park next to a guardrail or other obstruction in the road, like construction barrels or a construction trailer or anything like that, that would prevent you from exiting your RV. Again, especially if you have, you know, if you're in a motorhome like me, I have one door, it's at the front. So naturally, you know, if something happens, you're going to pull over quickly and that's fine. Make sure there's nothing obstructing where that door is because then you're not going to be able to open your door and god forbid if it's an emergency and your vehicle has a fire or an electrical problem and you can't start it then there you are and you can't get your door open because it's up against a guardrail that is a great tip that is true that's good about cars as well and well my my tip right there is what i notice is when people pull off uh, and i've done this myself my husband's gotten on me about that but you think that you've left plenty of room. Let's say you're pulling off to the right, which would be the general direction. You think you've left plenty of room on the left for you to get out, but generally you don't. And that's when people get hit by Mm -hmm. cars. So making sure you can pull off to the right as far over as you possibly can, even if it goes down a little bit, I'm not sure how that would work with an RV, but especially cars, because so many people get killed on this from that, not pulling over far enough, and then they get out of the vehicle. Maybe you're checking a tire or something like that. You're too close to the road, and you don't realize it. Yep. And if you have two adults in your RV, this is probably something that your co-pilot naturally would look at. But this, I, I've talked with some solo moms, some solo parents on the road, that this is, you know, this is one of those tricky situations where you've got to have, even if you have younger kids, you have to pick someone in your rig that you can put a little bit of this responsibility on so that if something like this were to happen, you know, you're driving. So someone has to be on that other side to say, Hey, you know, Hey buddy, am I, you know, is there anything on the other side of the door? You don't want to have to stop, park, put it in park, get up and go over there. You need to be able to say to another person, Hey, you know, is the door, is there clearance on the door? Good. This is good stuff. I know that we're running a little long today, but I think that it's very important. Good tips. Uh, I think this is something people could listen to again and again. And I think you have at least one more for us, don't you? I do. And that is do not stay in your RV if severe weather is approaching. An RV of any kind offers limited protection in severe weather. They were, de- they were not designed to go through any type of severe weather. Tornadoes, high winds, fires, flooding, poor visibility. They all produce life-threatening situations in a very short time. So being prepared in this case can mean the difference between life and death. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but that's just the facts. So what does this mean exactly? Well, let me break that down quickly in two parts. If you're on the road, as in driving on the open road, that means you need to find a location where you can safely pull off the road legally and get into a building or a structure quickly and easily before before the weather hits, please, please, please don't just land your motor home or your truck and trailer just anywhere that might cause an accident or a roadblock for emergency personnel later. Um, and, and remember, rest areas are great because they, you know, have wide open space, but those buildings, they're small and they're not designed to accommodate lots of people. So at the onset of a bad storm, everybody goes barreling into the rest area and really that it creates a whole nother problem because there's really nowhere to go. You can't get out of your RV. Um, and go in that one small little building. So it's important to find somewhere that you can get to that's got a large lot, a large retail store, a library, something of that nature is a good thought. And if it's a real emergency, look for a hospital. You know, look for the post office, anywhere that has ample parking that you can get close, you know, close enough to get inside the facilities. And here's the rest of the story on that part of the subject. When you pull into a campground or a um you know, any kind of camp host, the very first question should, should not be where the playground is or where the pool's at. It should be, 
where is your closest safe shelter in case of bad weather? Most campgrounds have some sort of structure on site and you just need to know where that location is. That's the information you need and you need to convey that to each member of your family every single time you go to a new camp location, every single time. I would have never thought of that. You know, we love to tent camp, but wow, that's really, you need to know that. You need to know where to go. Uh, my, I haven't, but my husband and kids, they were in a really bad situation down in the Everglades and they had to evacuate the park they were in, left their, they had to leave their tent and everything behind. And so Mm -hmm. knowing that information, even just driving and as a tent camper is super important. I would not have thought about that either. You know, we have so many new families in our road school moms group online and Facebook And so many families are heading out on the road this season, new and fresh. And I'm really excited about this show because I think that this is good information for them. It's good information for veterans as well to kind of refresh their thoughts. It's good information for us who are not on the road, but can still glean from all this information. So, wow, Mary Beth, you really put together such a great list. I can't wait to be able to have that in hand. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I hope that it has shared some information, maybe a few things that someone maybe hadn't thought of. That's what we're here for. So here's our last few words um, from Road School Moms Weather Channel, and that is, if you find yourself on the open road or in an unfamiliar area during a dangerous situation regarding the weather, don't hesitate to call 911 and seek the location of an approved shelter immediately. Also, accidents happen and you can't predict the weather. So being prepared really is the best insurance during those unexpected situations. If you find yourself delayed or temporarily in your RV, do not panic. Go back to these tips that we've shared. Um, Keep a mobile device with you and charge at all time. That's probably one of the biggest, um, you know, pieces of advice that I could give again. Double check your connections outside your RV that may have came loose during recent events. So if you've just came through a horrible windstorm or, or, you know, you've pulled off because of a storm, as soon as you have a break and as soon as it's safe, check anything that may have become loose during that event, like an antenna or a cable connection or a satellite hookup or just anything like that. Do a quick pre-trip around your vehicle. Um, another tip that I always remind is to communicate with someone outside the area, like a family friend or a member of, or like a family friend or a family member, so that your location is always known. Sometimes it's not possible to make those phone calls, but you could send a quick text or an email and say, hey, we're in a bad storm, we're at mile marker 22 near, you know, the Shoshone National Forest or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you don't know that that may be a communication that is really needed at that time. Um, Lastly, recheck your fuel and water levels in addition to your tire pressure prior to moving on after any kind of weather-related events. And always, 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 always have a clear, safe exit strategy before something happens from your RV and your current location. I love that. I love that. You know, something, uh, well, the communication thing I think is so important. You know, sometimes as adults, you don't think about your family or friends wanting to know that you're okay or Mm -hmm. where you're at especially if you're new to traveling, I think you need to have sort of a plan on communicating with family members, however often that is some sort of a system, because it can be really, it was, it can cause anxiety for your family members not knowing what's happening with you. And I know there's some situations where that's, you know, you're going to have that where you can't communicate, but it's really important to, if you have an itinerary to make sure you have a family member that has that, so they can communicate with authorities if necessary, mm-hmm. uh, what area you were in. Uh, one thing I had wanted to share during this episode, you and I talked about earlier, it just wasn't, you know, it didn't fit kind of in any of your tips is my grandmother always taught me when I was a kid, she called it a bug out bag. And that, uh, and I've gotten away from that. I've, I've taught my children that, but you know, as you go on, I haven't done that. And what we used to do is every kid has a backpack that we're not using. We don't use it. Inside Mm -hmm. is a change of clothes, a change of underwear, socks, uh, toiletries, um, a little bit of money, you know, all those kinds of things, some food like granola bars or something that can last, you know. 
in water. And she called that her bug out bag. And bug out bag. And that was really for any situation. It could be for weather. It could be any type of emergency situation where you've got to get out. You got to go. You know, the kids are, you know, you instill in them, grab your bug out bag. Because let me tell you, as a mother, <laughs> the stress of trying to make sure you've got it all for everybody is overwhelming, don't you think? And if you really teach your kids from a young age that there's nothing to be scared about, it's just common right. sense. That's that right. We have a bag and we're going to take care of each other. And if we're, if we're going on a car trip for the day, grab your bug out bag. We could have a flat tire in the middle of nowhere and need that granola bar. Yes. Or somebody could have a potty accident. You know, I mean, all those different things. So that's always been key for me is having a bug out bag, whether some people do a family one, but I just think it's important that each kid has one. They might all be in the same location, but just kind of instill that in them that being prepared in any situation is important. I love that. I, it's funny that you and I didn't talk about that before, but my kiddos all, we have a backpack. Each one of us has a little backpack that's in my emergency crate underneath our rig. I mean, I call that our basement. Um, and one tip I'll say about that is if you have smaller kids, don't give them an adult size backpack because if you, when you fill it with their items, they probably can't carry it. So that's just another tip with that. Um, but I love that. Bag. That's not what we always <laughs> call it, but that's what I'm going to call them from now on. That's what and then called it was a bug out bag. Well, you know, you know, you were with me actually on the phone when we went through that tornado this past year it was very scary. And we needed that with us because if the tornado comes by and rips off, you, you got to get out. You know, if, if disaster happens, we got to go. You're generally, we were all dressed and ready to go. But what if you couldn't get back in? You, you need to have that ready to go in that situation. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this time with us. Like Holly said, we've uh, talked a little bit longer today, but it's because it's something really close to my heart. I just um, love to share safety tips and things that maybe you didn't think about. Uh, watch our calendar because uh, over the course of this summer, we're going to do three more shows and they're going to also be very safety oriented. We're going to talk about water safety in another show. We're going to talk about fire safety in another show. And we're going to talk about personal safety in another show. And again, these will be um, directed towards RV safety, but it'll be something that you can use no matter where in the world you are. Definitely. And I love, you know, how we've come together with those two things. Whether you live on the road or you live from the back porch, we can learn from each of those things and just alter it to fit the lifestyle that we're in. But each one affects us no matter how we live. That's right. Well, thank you for sharing this time with us today, Holly. It was so good to get with you. I can't wait to see you soon. I and know. Not too long. We'll get to see each other again. That'll be great. Until then, safe travels. And God bless. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Please remember to share your review with iTunes. Stay connected with the Road School Moms team from wherever in the world you are. Like our Facebook page for all the latest news. And join our private group for a more personal connection. You can also check our Pinterest boards for more resources and encouragement. Connect with me, Mary Beth, through my website at roadtripteacher.com. We invite you to leave comments, ask questions, and leave your prayer requests at roadschoolmoms.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all our adventures. To connect with me, Holly, visit thegilesfrontier.com. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.